Hello and welcome to the Pitch Perfect podcast. This is a new segment that I'll be calling What's on the Pitch. One where I aim to explain in brief the basics of different aspects of cricket. On today's episode, I will be discussing the original format of this great sport, test cricket. Do follow the podcast on the platform that you're listening to it on to receive regular updates on my subsequent episodes. Okay, I'll do this in four parts. Firstly, I'll explain the rules and the formats and then talk about the possible results at the end of each match. Then I'll talk about the World Test Championship and lastly, answer some specific questions that were asked on my Instagram poll. On to the first. Test cricket is a game played over 5 days with each team having the chance to bat a maximum of 2 times. Each day should ideally have a minimum of 90 overs bowled. which can then be extended if a result is imminent or if a team only has one wicket left while batting there's a maximum of four innings with teams usually alternating that is the team which comes out to bat first bowls in the second innings and then bats again in the third innings and is bowling in the last innings there are some exceptions to this i'll get to that later but this is usually how a game goes see for example australia won the toss and decided to bat first Uh, and they scored 250 runs in their first innings before being bowled out india then starts with a deficit of 250 runs when they come out to bat in the second innings let's suppose india then scores 300 runs before being bowled out they now have a lead of 50 runs so when australia comes out to bat they have a deficit of 50 runs now assuming they score 250 again their final lead is 200 runs so when india comes out to bat in the fourth innings India needs 201 runs to win the match because it's the last innings of the match. Now, sometimes teams declare their innings when they feel that they have scored enough runs to win the match. That is when they feel they may not have to bat again. So, if Australia are 600 for 5 in their first innings, they could then choose to declare the innings and then put India into bat. Now, another concept here is that of follow on. If a team batting in the second innings gets bowled out with their deficit greater than 200 runs that is if australia scored 500 in the first innings and india is bowled out for less than 300 australia then has the option of enforcing a follow on here india is then made to bat yet again so the first innings is where australia would bat and then the second and third innings would be done by india if in this scenario india is still unable to cross the 500 run mark by combining both their innings scores they then go on to lose the match by an innings because one innings of australia was more than what india could manage if on the other hand india is able to cross that mark and is able to take a lead then australia is the one coming out to chase in the fourth innings let's talk about possible results now for each team there are four possible results at the end of a match a win a loss a draw or a tie bear with me here because i'll be giving you examples of some fascinating matches for each result and no i won't be using ones from the 60s and the 70s for this all of them will be ones from the last decade and i hope that these epics edged in my memory will draw you towards test cricket let's start with a draw basically a draw means that no result was reached at the end of 5 days a classic example for this would be what happened a couple of weeks ago at sydney india was facing australia at the scg India and the series was tied one all. India had multiple batsmen injured. They were facing one of the best attacks in the world on the day 5 pitch that was wearing out. 
they didn't have the reserves of all possible batsmen and they had to survive 131 overs against this australian bowling attack in their own backyard it was a game of survival like no other and india pulled off a magnificent heist it is one that will go down forever in the pages of history and that's the beauty of test cricket even when after 5 days of constant cricket no result was achieved it felt like india had won and it felt more importantly that we had witnessed a game for the ages the second result is a tie now this is a concept that most people would be familiar with it's when both the teams have scored the same number of runs and have either lost all their wickets or are out of the number of overs that they had to score these runs in an example of this would be india versus west indies in 2011 where two runs were needed of the last ball ashwin was on strike he hit the ball down the ground and ran off for a single but in the process of returning for the second run he was run out unfortunately and india went on to only level the scores and the match was ultimately tied if i'm not wrong only three matches throughout history have ended in a tie in test cricket the last set of results is a win or a loss now over the course of history there have been multiple matches which have achieved the status of legend or epic where improbable victories were achieved on the last day of a test match a match that unfortunately does not get the same amount of attention was actually sri lanka versus south africa where sri lanka beat south africa in south africa while facing one of the best attacks that south africa had it comprised of dale stein vernon philander keshav maharaj and kahiso rabada all four of them were going at sri lanka sri lanka only had one wicket in hand and they needed 78 runs to win and the only batsman that they had was someone called kosal pereira someone who was still finding his footings in test cricket who hadn't really established himself he went on to take apart the south african bowlers one by one by hitting boundaries of them and belting them around the park while still managed to sneak a single of the last ball of each over so that he could be on strike for the next over it was a fascinating match and just because of the magnanimity of how improbable it seemed because this was a sri lankan team which wasn't playing at full strength which probably didn't even give itself a chance to win this test match and went on to script history so these are my examples for all possible results now let's talk about the world test championship in a world where social media is a norm where people's attention spans have been decreasing by the day and where people don't really have the time to watch 7 and a half hours of days play for 5 days test cricket quite unsurprisingly so has been dying out the world test championship is the latest attempt by the international cricket council to make every test series a bit more relevant and interesting now the format is so there are 9 competing nations each team has to play 6 out of the remaining 8 countries 3 out of these 6 series would be at home and 3 would be away there'll be a total of 120 points up for grabs at the end of each series based on the number of matches that are there are there in each series and based on the number of matches that each country wins at the end of a calculation cycle whichever two countries have the most number of points would then play in the finals Currently due to the covid pandemic some of these rules had to be changed because multiple series had been cancelled as per the new rules for this year India Australia New Zealand are the best poised to reach the finals Let's move on to the specific questions I've had some interesting ones asked to me and I've picked four of them 
Firstly, what should media houses do to increase the popularity of test cricket? This is interesting. I have a few solutions. One of them could be to just turn up the stump mics. I think hearing the banter between cricketers will be extremely entertaining, especially for series such as India vs Australia. Even MS Dhoni used to be a connoisseur of speaking behind the stumps and listening to him talk was extremely entertaining because he was someone who has a great sense of humor and who had a lot of input to give to each of these players. So I think that's one way to add interest. Secondly, broadcasters should have specialists who do analysis on the day's play as it goes on. So they should be explaining why a batsman played the ball a certain way or what tactics that a bowler is employing. The thing about test cricket is that it's a lot more strategic and a lot more plan oriented as compared to the slam bam format of limited overs. So you need to understand why a bowler is bowling a certain way and what exactly is the weakness of the batsman that he is tapping on and vice versa what exactly the batsman wants to do to completely appreciate what exactly is going on. And that's when people start to understand that every single ball through the day is an event in itself because of how much is at stake here and how many forces and factors are at play because the ball is also doing a lot more in terms of seam swing and bounce so that is one way this is something that sony tried to do in the india australia series by having specialists like nick knight from england and sanjay manjrekar from india explain different aspects of the game i think that was a good solution and probably should become the norm in the time to come lastly a practical solution is that broadcasters should have a lot more attention and focus on creating a highlights reel of each day's play cricket australia which is the board of cricket for australia actually does this very well where at the end of each day they release a 5 minute youtube clip on the day's play showing the relevant aspects of the game i think this is a very logical way to ensure that people's interest is still maintained because on busy days people have the time to take out and watch probably 5 minutes when they are traveling and then if their interest is peaked they could probably switch on the tv when they have an off day and the day's play is going on so that is one way of maintaining viewers even if they don't watch every single day of the match at least they could watch a day or two the second question is slightly metaphysical um is test a bowler's game or a batter's game i would say it's a bit of both because there are no rules that favors either of them if you see in limited overs there are rules such as the power play where you can only have two fielders at the boundary line rules which are made to favor the batsman to make the game a bit more entertaining test cricket doesn't have these rules now you could argue that you know test cricket has the red ball which is known to swing a lot more and it also has conditions in play that is the pitch and the weather which make it easier for the bowler to bowl but at the same time you also need to understand that the batsman never has the pressure to score runs of each ball so a batsman could play out these top faces by defending each ball and then go on to score so i feel test cricket is the most balanced form of cricket the third question is regarding the world test championship how do you see the world test championship panning out i don't think in its current form it will resolve the issues that it aims to fix since each team only has to play 6 out of 8 countries they would still choose to play the same countries that they used to anyway play before the wtc that is india would probably prioritize playing longer series against australia new zealand england and countries that are ranked higher up and would have shorter series against countries like bangladesh and west indies maybe a change in rules that mandates that each team has to play all the other eight and probably have a three match series minimum against each of these countries could probably solve them 
the last question is do you think there can be wild card entries from associate nations during the wtc in the future i think it's a possible source of entertainment because test cricket often has stories such as david and goliath where the underdog came out on top so that is one possible solution that could come out but the problem is that specifically in test cricket especially in this day and age more often than not your skills and the kind of time you have had to develop these skills on a competitive level come to the fore which means it's unlikely that associate nations even if they are a wild card entry would be able to impact the way in which the wtc pans out and this could unfortunately end up being a futile move wherein you have associate nations coming in and then getting knocked out in the league stages and rarely making it to the finals anyway that's been it from my side thank you for tuning in and make sure to follow the podcast on whichever platform you're listening in to get updates from my subsequent episodes catch you in the next one